He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Did I catch you off guard? No. No? We're ready. Welcome back to two PTs and a bag of chips. Looking bag of chips. We Today, don't know who gave this bag of chips to we us. We don't. We feel really bad about that. If you gave it to us, let us know. Yeah. But we're going to do spine fusion. Finish off the spine segment. So we're not going to segment here. do a spine fusion. No, we Talk about spine fusion. And then we're going to review the El Tio Papilio Spanish ham. Maestro Artesano. Yeah. With, um, with jam flavor. Yes. Artif no, natural jam, artificial jam flavor. Olive oil and jam flavor seasoning. Fantastic. It's going to be good. doesn't really smell jammy. It smells hammy. No. You don't think hammy either? No. Yeah. Anyway, spine mm. fusion. Fusions. Fusion surgeries are done to prevent excessive motion. That's it. Pretty Thanks for it. listening. This is usually due to uh, a trauma or a spondylolisthesis. Those are the most common. You also see scoliosis. Other possible areas that can cause this are stenosis or with a distectomy and or laminectomy, which we mentioned on the last two pods. So check those out for more specifics. But essentially what you're trying to do is make sure that there isn't any movement happening there that shouldn't be moving. This uh, works pretty well, and in some cases it works a little too well because then the, move, the segments above and below the fusion start to move a little too much, and then that can cause additional problems at those levels. Not good. Not, What's not the risk of too much movement in the spine, Christian? Nerve pain. Spinal cord severing. That would be the worst case. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want that. That would be very bad. I don't know how often that occurs in a non-traumatic situation. The incidence of uh, fusion surgery has gone up pretty significantly over the last 20 years. The largest increase is in individuals 65 years of age and or older. Most of these operations are due to the spondylolisthesis. So this is when one spinal segment sits forward of the segment below it, which results in oftentimes compression on the spinal cord or on a spinal nerve. And second on that list is scoliosis. So those are your two biggest reasons we'll see fusions outside of a, of a trauma situation. There. So for those of you new to the spine scoliosis, either a C or an S curve of the spine that is excessive. Um, everybody has a little bit of scoliosis, but if it gets more than a, a certain amount of degrees, then it becomes dangerous and that needs to be stabilized. So if that's something that is progressively worsening, they will fuse the spine as well. Sorry for the interruption. No. It's a show, pardon the interruption. Oh, yes. So with a spine fusion, generally what you'll see is either a posterior approach or an anterior approach. Uh, in both cases, they can do them minimally invasive, or if they're more significant, they do an open procedure. We showed some photos of this last week, but it's also interesting. We'll post it again probably something this week. In most cases, you'll see some screws and rods, and then that area will be filled with bone material, and that is what's actually going to cause the more permanent fusion there. So the screws and the rods are generally more uh, temporary and they don't usually come out though, but in the bone grafting material is really what does the, the long-term work. Uh, anytime after a procedure like this, there's always reduced activity 
desirable because we don't want to stress that area too much. In most cases, that graft material is going to take between 6 and 10 weeks to really settle in, which is a period of time when you need to be a little bit more careful. The careful things we always talk about are no bending, no lifting, no twisting, and that's just because that will add a lot of extra stress in the area, stress that while you're healing, you don't need to put your body through so much. Now, once those segments have fused, like we just mentioned, uh, that movement will move above and below that fused section. Uh, and as long as it's controlled, that's good shape. If we can't control that, then we run into some other issues. And in some cases, a second revision surgery or just a second fusion where we will see a fusion above or below that level to manage that additional stress. And that tends to, unfortunately, kind of keep snowballing until you reach a point where you either hit the thoracic spine or you hit the, the sacrum or somewhere that's inherently more stable than the cervical or lumbar regions. There you have it. Uh, spine surgery. Yeah. Very successful as far as fusion is concerned. Fusion is super successful in fusing the spine. A lot of times though it's done for reduced pain and that's not necessarily always successful. No, that's... Pain by itself is not the greatest indicator of surgical intervention. As we've mentioned on the other pods, you need to be in a situation where the imaging matches the symptoms and certainly where your symptoms are more along the lines of nerve issues, numbness, tingling, atrophy, loss of sensation, significant weakness. Those sort of things. Loss of bowel and bladder control. That's that's a huge one. Things like that. Bowel and bladder control loss is a, a very immediate issue. So if you're having issues with that, please follow up very quickly. Yeah, that will usually yeah. require surgery. Uh, at this point, cervical fusions are predominantly done as an anterior approach. About 85% of all procedures uh, in 2018, we're done as anterior approach for cervical fusion in the United States. Uh, the lumbar fusions, you'll still see a mix of anteriors and posteriors. I think it depends on uh, the physician performing the procedure as well as what they're trying to accomplish. And in some cases, they'll do what they call an anterior and posterior, which is also known as a 360-degree fusion, where they will fuse the front and the back at the same time. So there's kind of two separate procedures done at the same surgical day. Yay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that lately. Have you seen that? Yeah, a couple. couple? Yeah, they were all lumbar, though. All lumbar, yeah, all lumbar. Generally, fusions do a pretty good job in terms of stabilizing the segment, and if that's your issue, your symptoms will reduce most people who have this will go through several months of therapy in terms of regaining their uh, their kind of pre-injury level of activity. A lot of individuals are certainly capable of going back to sports. Uh, around here in Denver, the most famous case is going to be Peyton Manning, who had a cervical fusion and went back and won a Super Bowl, which is always quite nice. Lost uh, one, too. Lost one as well, yep. Uh, other individuals with famous fusion cases are Tiger Woods, who is still playing, uh, the defending Masters champ, so certainly you're capable of getting back to, to high-level activities, but it's not always necessarily in the best interest. 
Yes, so. I think the, you know, tagging along with that, I think the biggest problem is if you can figure out what the cause of the um, excessive movement was, if it's a mechanical problem, just doing the fusion is not necessarily going to improve your mechanics. So that's, I think, the, the, the biggest um, reason for people to start going to physical therapy then becomes let's, let's assess what your movement pattern is like and let's see if we can improve on your mechanics, making sure that you move and bend and twist in the appropriate areas. And in that case, you know, if you can, if you can do that, you can definitely go back to, you know, virtually normal activity as you see with uh, some of these athletes. Um, so, you know, go back to playing tennis or playing golf or basketball or what have you. If most of it was a mechanical problem. Now, if you have some kind of congenital issue, that that's a whole different story. But generally speaking, once we get you in here, we would love to work on improving your awareness and your mechanics instead of just focusing on pure you know, strength or mobility. In cases of uh, scoliosis, generally speaking, they're they're younger individuals that are having these procedures done and uh, most of these individuals are able to get back to to some level of sport. I mean, we worked pretty extensively with a younger gentleman in high school who went back and played hockey and uh, high school golf and did pretty well at both of those sports. Stacy Lewis who plays on the LPGA Tour is a few-time winner having had multiple surgeries for scoliosis over or fusion surgeries for scoliosis over her her younger years. So there's always, again, the ability to get back to those things. It, it certainly takes a certain amount of effort above what most people are willing to put in, but if you're willing to do that, you will get back to what you want to do. Absolutely. Trivia? That's right, we do trivia. What is a group of hippos called? We had some interesting, um, interesting answers. We did. Uh, the, uh, the oldest term is a bloat. This was coined in the 15th century by Juliana Bernays, who published a glossary of animal nouns in the book of St. Albans. Wow. Yeah. Uh, since then, they've added on a few other names. Herd, Pod, Crash, and Dale. A Dale of Hippos. Yes. How poetic. Yes. But bloat is the uh, preferred terminology. By whom? Uh, the English language. Okay. Yeah. But the other ones are now accepted. Well done, TJ. TJ knew the right answer. Mm -hmm. Good job, TJ. Uh, someone unfamiliar to us, Tosh A. Wallace. Just to Uganda every year, so that, that's cool. Knew that. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And a college friend of mine, Fuzzball. Just leave it at Fuzzball. He also uh, yeah. got bloat. Yes. Awesome. Wow. And then we had a, a great attempt of acute, which was kind of nice, by Natasha. Acute? Acute. A group of hippos is called acute. Mm -hmm. Like? Not the angle, like cute. Acute. Yes. There's a period after. Huh. Yeah, yep. Way to go, Archuleta. Stay in school. Yep. And then uh, Tony Korea with hippopotamuses. Hippopotami. He's, uh, he's going to go see some soon. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're going to go to South Africa. Oh, that sounds lovely. Hannah is um, making wine down there. Oh. I almost said brewing wine. Making wine. You don't brew wine. That's correct. So this week's question, which country is home to the longest canal in the world? What? Yes. It's also very old. 
extra tips there. Good. Chip time. El Tio Papilio, the Spanish ham chip. Chip to air ratio, pretty, pretty saucy, 50%. They did a good job here. Nice golden chip. No ham, though. I'm not getting any ham. I'm getting, getting an aluminum bag. Man, I'm getting bacon right off the bat. Is that what that is? That's what it feels like. Yeah. Good, good crunchy chip. Thinner chip, but still crunchy. I'm not eating the air pocket. Not eating that. That one's good. Um, that one have more ham. More ham on that one. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not blown away, but then again, I was blown away last week, and I think it's taken me a while to come back down to earth. So mm -hmm. these are um, huh? these are just fine. Oh, wouldn't spit them out. No, I like I like them. They're not they're not as good as last week's chip, but I like them. Um, they've got they've got some real mounds to climb if they want to catch the quilo yeah, on the berco. Yeah, I think that's that's um, that's where. Um, I don't want to have that one. I'm going to have this one. I'll give this a solid two thumb up for me. No, nope. it's, it's a it's a good chip. It's not a it's not a great chip. Just one for me. Just one for you. Yeah. The ham does the, the ham tastes um like artificial. It tastes powdery. Do you think it tastes like jam flavor seasoning? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just um. Well, yes, I whatever. said jam on purpose because that's what it says on the bag. Um, no. I'm not going to have to rinse my mouth now. You can okay. take this bag home. Okay. Well, thank you for listening today. Next week, we are trying to get a special guest on. We'll see if that happens. If we do, we'll discuss vestibular. If we uh, can't make that work, we'll probably talk about patella fractures. Chip's review will be based on which topic we discuss. If you like the show today, please tell a friend, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for information about this topic, follow us on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. If you want some more information on rebound therapy, head to the website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer, and I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.